Donald Trump is back, and we can't wait to see what he does. Why does the left continue pushing drug legalization? And there are some more victims of cancel culture, including William Shakespeare. But first... Look, the range of challenges Europe and the United States must take on together is broad and complex. And I'm eager to hear, I'm eager to hear, nigger to hear, nigger to hear, next. What? Did our president, our president of the United States, just sit back and say, Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I just thought I had to play that a little bit. Okay, yes. What you heard is what you heard. That's what he said. My fiance was listening and she heard the same thing. Um, I, come on. I, it's funny. I don't think he did it on purpose. I think it was just he his problem is he he mumbles and he stutters and everything. And I don't think it's a stuttering he had when he was like three. I, I think he mumbles and then he loses train of thought and he runs words together and that's what happened. I'm not calling him a racist or anything, even though he used the N-word, which is really insulting. But the do, the question I do have for you, what would happen if Donald Trump, that little glitch, had happened with Donald Trump? Waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm sure you know what's going on. Donald Trump, of course, doesn't have that little glitches that Joe Biden does. But let's just say he by accidentally dropped the end bomb while trying to mix his words together. You know this would be a thing all over the place. How many how long did we hear about that little fly on Mike Pence that landed on Mike Pence while he was uh while he was during his uh debate? I mean, one group compared him to Satan. That's why the fly was attracted to him. But I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, Josie saw saw it and she said, did he just say, yes, he did. Don't, yeah, don't say it. Because I might say it later and it'll be bad. It will be recorded. We'll be canceled. It'll be a bad scene. Okay, well, Trump's back. Uh, he's, and he's making his voice heard. And I, God, you got it. You've got to admit you miss him got to admit he's been doing interviews and he's not hiding his opinion again that's awesome it's too bad uh twitter has been so stupid and they won't just let him play trump is asked about biden's gaffe or ungaffe we talked about this saying there was no vaccine when he got into office and there was no plan to implement the vaccine and things like that this is and, and trump answered in exactly the way he, I, we could all expect that he would have answered it. I'm wondering if you actually caught Joe Biden on the CNN town hall last night. Well, I saw that he uh, said that there was no vaccine when he came into office, and yet he got a shot before he came into office. And uh, it was already in uh, early November that we announced it, but we actually had it substantially before that. And uh, we were giving millions of shots and millions of doses so he was either not telling the truth or he's mentally gone, one or the other. And uh, he's getting – actually, Joe Biden's being killed on that whole thing because even the haters said, well, wait a minute. You know, this vaccine was announced long before – and I believe he got the shot sometime before January 20th, which was Inauguration Day, uh, long before January – like literally, quote, we had no vaccine when I came into office, meaning when he came into office. And – 
uh, he is getting lit up on that one because even the bad ones, even the ones that aren't exactly fans, are saying that was a bad statement. So uh, I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe let's give him the benefit of that. Could he be joking? Could he be what? Joking. Oh, because joking. Frankly, because frankly, that was a, a very dumb statement. Do you miss him yet? This isn't going to be it. He's coming next weekend. He's going to CPAC, or this coming weekend, he's going to be at CPAC, uh, and he's supposed to speak. Mike Pence, who's probably really bitter because his political career is essentially over because of Trump, will not show up to CPAC, even though uh, Pence was a solid VP and uh, he was invited, but he's not going to come up. He's not going to show up. Now, here's something I wanted to talk about. Uh, and it's going to come up with Trump coming out and beginning to really throw some Republicans under the bus. There have been talks about Trump creating a third party called the Patriots Party. The party would be about holding the Constitution at the highest levels and returning to the country of the founding of fathers. A poll came out this weekend that said basically 50% of Republicans would consider moving to a new political party like that. Um, you know, it does sound very tempting, but it will be nothing but a disaster. Question for you. Can you see another conservative winning an election if there are two conservative political parties? Just using numbers. I know I'm using math, and math is white supremacist. White supremacist uh, is a symbol of white supremacy. I get it. But looking at the numbers, there's no way we can win again. And it would be just an absolute gift for the Democrats. To Trump's credit, he says that he's not going to start another political party. His goal is to fix the Republican Party. He's going to point out the problems with the party, like he's doing with Mitch McConnell right now. Um, the Republican Party part politicians right now are weak. And they need to stop themselves from getting run over. They're going to have to sit back and say, okay, we need to fix this. We need to fix that. And that's what Trump wants to do. Donald Trump needs to use his popularity to push the agenda. And I know he had some major popularity issues at the end of his ter his term. But the reality is he's still extremely popular. And I believe this is how Republicans should be. I believe Republicans should be outspoken. I believe Republicans should be fighting to keep... The, and stuff's getting worse. Joe Biden won, and suddenly, if you look at the news, and we're going to talk a lot about it today, it looks really... I mean, for Christ's sake, I'm not going to talk about it today because I, I don't think I'm going to have the t enough time. I might still. Freaking, they're putting warning labels on the Muppet Show. Disney Plus didn't learn enough from... Uh, canning Gina Carano and basically screwing up Star Wars, but now they're going to actually put warning labels on the Muppet show. They're puppets. But yeah, that's what's happening. This party needs to unify and this party needs to stand up like the Democrats have been standing up for the last 20 to 30 years. And we need to fight back. I hate to say fight back because that means that I'm sitting there and advocating violence or something. I'm not. But we need to fight back against this wave, this blue wave that is coming in because it's going to wipe us all out. And their goal is to wipe us all out. Don't kid yourself. 
So I'm glad to see Trump back in. I think it's a great idea. I think it's, I, I, I think it's necessary. Now we're going to talk about a story that's a little, hits a little close to home. There's a psychology professor at named Carl Hart from uh, Columbia University. You know, one of the best universities in the country. And he has just released a book called Drug Use for Grown-Ups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. Um, Hart wrote, Hart was quoted by the New York, this, this is just disturbing. Hart was quoted by the New York Post, quote, There aren't many things in life that I enjoy more than a few lines by the fireplace at the end of the day. Hart wrote about heroin, which he said leaves him refreshed and prepared to face another day. Quote, my heroin use is a recreational, is as recreational as my alcohol use. Like vacation, sex, and the arts, heroin is one of the tools that I use to maintain my work-life balance. That tells me right off the bat, this guy's got some serious freaking issues. Hart has also taken MDMA, or ecstasy, which he said gives him, quote, intense feelings of pleasure, gratitude, and energy, end quote. Quote, when I'm rolling, I just want to breathe deeply and enjoy it, he added. The simple act of breathing can be extremely pleasurable, end quote. Other drugs he has experimented with include methamphetamine and bath salts. Yeah, that's a great idea, which he described as quote, unequivocally, unequivocally wonderful, end quote, which makes him feel, quote, euphoric, energetic, clear-headed, and highly social ellipses, nice, end quote. Hart said in an interview, separate from his book, quote, the most important thing we have to emphasize as parents is just try and live like like the person that you think you are, a moral, compassionate, global citizen. My family would expect me to stand up on behalf of the people who have been castigated for their, end quote, for their drug usage. According to publisher of Hart's book, Hart admitted his drug use because he wants to advocate decriminalizing the possession of recreational drugs. His book argues, quote, the demonization of drug use, not drugs themselves, has been a tremendous scourge on America, not least in the reinforcing of the country's enduring structural racism. Okay. Oh, my God. Now, this is from uh, the New York Post, a very conservative. But let's see. There are a couple things we can figure this. One, he's obviously got a drug problem. If this guy cannot get through a day without drugs or he needs drugs to keep himself stable, he's got a drug problem. And another couple of problems. He's a globalist. So he hates the United States because the United States is its own country and it's fighting to keep be its own country. Next, uh, he thinks we have structural racism and our anti-drug legislation is racist. Maybe I'll read this guy's book just to sit there and say, man, this guy's all effed up. And I guarantee you there's going to be lots of rambling in the book because if he needs heroin or uh, uh, ecstasy or any of that stuff to keep him, or a couple of lines of whatever, to keep himself going, this isn't a good thing. 
Basically, he thinks America is bad and racist and globalist. Now, the only thing I can't tell with this guy, is he a communist or is he just a anarchist? But this isn't the worst. He's the head of psychology for one of... He is working... I'm sorry. He's a teacher of psychology for one of the best colleges. And he's teaching our younger generation this shit. Okay, now I, I, I will come clean. I have... I'm not a pure libertarian. I do not believe in any drug legalization. Any. I don't believe pot should be legalized. I don't think it's the worst thing that could happen in the world, but I don't. I, I think in 10, 15, 20 years, we're gonna see, you're going to see uh, ads on television basically telling you, don't smoke weed, don't smoke. I, I think that's going to happen. Okay? I And I said that before. I've had personal experience dealing with drugs in my family. The reason I'm saying this is because I don't want, not with me, it was my son passed away from a drug overdose. I basically don't want to come off that I'm talking from a, um, a a place of authority. I'm not. I'm against drugs, but I've also reasoned why I'm against drugs. I do believe that drugs like pot and alcohol are gateway drugs. Now, that is from a position of authority. I've seen it. I do believe it can happen. I don't believe all people fall into the same category, though. I believe that once a drug is made legal... The results are always going to suck. And the government will figure out, oh, this sucks. And then they'll try and get you to stop. Or worse, they'll try and ban it. We've had that already with alcohol. Cigarettes are not even a thing. We're, it's, it's not going to happen. That's because once a drug becomes ingrained in society, it's almost impossible to pull it back. So the question I have for you is, if we know they're going to be bad in 20 years and we're going to be telling people, hey guys, stop using this, stop smoking cigarettes, stop drinking booze, we're going to have PSAs on it. I mean, today we're doing that now with cigarettes. Cigarettes will have a PSA saying don't smoke. We'll have a thousand PSAs saying don't smoke, but when I drive down the freeway, I see five signs saying, hey, come buy pot. We're going to have those same PSAs. Now there's some major issues with with drugs which i think they should not be legal drugs make our country dumber we're not as motivated to work and we're not as good when we do work people you can tell if, if a guy has been smoking weed they can be very intelligent but they lack something and i don't think our country needs to get dumber I think we should start teaching our kids to go do something. It's going to be a huge burden on the country economically in the long run. Now, I know that's one of the selling points with drugs is that we can tax the drugs and make sure the drugs are safer and better and blah, 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 blah. But here's the problem. Marijuana smoke. Let's take marijuana, for example. I won't even touch meth, amphetamine, amphetamines, ecstasy, um, heroin, uh, methamphetamine, excuse me, heroin, because I don't see any advantage to those at all. I, I really don't. But you got to figure in 20 years, half those people are going to have cancer. You got to figure a lot of those people in Colorado, Seattle, all these cities are facing this stuff where they suddenly 
have a huge unemployment problem. Denver has a, pro- a problem with unemployment. Seattle and Portland have problems with unemployment. We've got a huge homeless problem in Los Angeles, San Francisco, where drugs are not seen as a bad thing. Someone's got to pay for that eventually to get these guys the help they need to get them out of addiction, to get them... There's going to be... We're going to... The government is going to be made to be dependent upon to actually fix all of the physical problems that they're having. And let's not forget, like marijuana. I had some bad news for you. Marijuana, marijuana burns hotter than cigarettes. It doesn't burn cleaner in the lungs than cigarettes do. It has a ton of nicotine in it, which makes it rather addicting. You may not be addicted to cigarettes. I haven't met a pot smoker that doesn't smoke cigarettes. But the reality is, there's a lot in marijuana that's really, really bad. And someone is going to have to fix that problem. Who's it going to be? The government. It's going to be expected the government's going to be sick. Because I can tell you one thing, a lot of these people who are stuck in the streets, yeah, they're not. Or they're going to be stuck in the streets and they're just going to die in the streets like they're, like a lot of people in L.A. and San Francisco are doing right now. And when you have tons of homelessness, when you have people that are just too dumb to do their jobs because of drugs, you're going to have more homelessness. You're going to have more poverty. The standard of living in those areas does go down. I do not see the purpose of legalizing drugs. I never have. And this is the difference between me being a Republican versus, let's say, a libertarian. I don't believe, I, I believe we should have as much freedom as possible. But here's the problem. When it comes to depending on the government to fix the problems that are caused by drugs, I, I, and I have to pay higher taxes to fix the problem. That's what California is doing. California, anytime there's a problem in California, all they do is raise our taxes. And now we've got the highest taxes in the country. Uh, Second highest, excuse me, to New York, who actually New York, you could put in the same boat as California. It's not a solution. And they're the drug, the people with the drug problem, they're actually impeding in my life. And I don't, I don't like it. And that's why I'm against drug legalization. If I have to pay to get these guys the help they need because they did stupid things, because the government did a stupid thing, no, that affects me. And so therefore, no, this is where the libertarian thing I fall apart on. So cancel culture is out in uh, full force. So there was this gal named Rafaela Espinel, who is an Afro-Latina. So I guess she's black and from Mexico. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm going to assume it's something like that. Maybe she's from the Dominican Republic or maybe she has, she here, here's the whole problem with the, the, the hyphens. Um, if you're an American, it doesn't really matter what you are. And apparently she may be playing the game and I think she probably is. So she actually, uh, was actually very high up in a in the um, Department of Education. And one of the things they the Department of Education used to do is they would get the kids all together and the kids would do a Wakanda salute. 
And what the Wakanda salute is, it's actually, they put their hands and fists, and then they put, I guess they put their, I never saw Black Panther, all right, but they put their, their arms across their chests. It used to be, and it actually did used to be a salute used by the Black Panthers way back when, but it was made popular again by the 2018 Marvel movie Black Panther. All right. Well, one of the things she said, um, yeah, I'm not doing that. And what's ironic is, well, that salute, what's ironic is the salute actually has a has a story that goes way back. It was actually from the days of the pharaohs. They used to do that, and it means love and hugs in sign language. But the problem is, today, it doesn't mean love and hugs. Today, it means black power. So the kids would get up. They would all do this black power salute, and she just said, "Uh, you know what? I'm not into it. I'm not doing it. And she refused to do it. I never really got a reason why she refused to do it, but, you know, come on, I'd refuse to do it, too. It's just like, why am I doing this? This means this means nothing to me. So, two years before her retirement, uh, she was actually, she was actually disciplined for this. She was disciplined for not doing the Wakanda salute. Now, here's a little secret. This is what makes this sto- whole story so a- asinine is it's just the Wakanda salute is what the superintendent of schools said to her. And she said, Wakanda doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a Wakanda salute. The reason that is, it means something. Basically, she said it means something that that's not what I'm into and I, I don't want to do it. Well, she was demoted. And she was put in a different area within the school district. And she said she'd been there for two years. This happened two years ago. And it was two years. It was three years before her retirement. So she was going to get her pension and it was all good. So she said, whatever. She moved into that position. She never got work. She said she really wasn't doing anything during this whole time. And then two years later, this year, they decided to fire her. And they basically fired her because uh, she said, the superintendent said, quote, we're going in a different direction, end quote. So this gal got canned a year before her retirement, got demoted two years ago because she, she said it was because I did not do this Wakanda salute. So now she's decided to sue the school, the Manhattan School District, for $40 million because they, she said, one, they fired her because of her race. Don't forget, I told you this was important. She's an Afro-Latina. Okay, whatever that means, I don't know. She's an Afro-Latina. And that the reason she would not, her not doing that Wakanda salute was the reason she was fired. Here's the thing. This stuff is going to keep going and going and going. I think almost every podcast I say is, this person got canceled. That person got canceled. Last week, I'd have to review my podcast, or you can go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, and you can take a look at it and in here and see what I've been talking about. But this is happening almost weekly. It's happening daily almost. 
The cancel culture is real. It's happening. Do you know what's sad? She's suing for $40 million. They're going to settle, and she's going to get enough for her to retire. That's essentially what's going to happen. She'll get her retirement. She'll get her pension. She won't get anything more. Again, we're kind of missing the important part. The court case is missing the important part. Is now people are being fired for not going with this leftist weird-ass mantra of black power and United States is evil and things like that. There's a great book called The Diversity Delusion. I'd have to look it up. And maybe one of the things I'm going to do is is do that on Sundays, talk about the books, because I'm reading two or three books every week now. I'm, it's getting pretty crazy. I'm reading constantly. Is talk about some of the books I've read, and they all make a lot of friggin' sense. So, good for her. Sorry she got canned nine months before she was supposed to retire, but I'm sure it's going to work out for her too. In another area of cancel culture is this cultural appropriate appropriation thing. Those evil Americans keep stealing from other cultures. So, Kendall Jenner has decided, Kendall Jenner from the um, Kardashian circles, right? I think Kendall is actually the smart one of the group. Uh, she's made a ton of money by good investing, great entre entrepreneurial uh, decisions. She's done a great job. She decided to buy a company in Mexico that makes tequila. The company was selling. She said, I'll buy it. She's apparently going to call it 818, which makes sense. She lives in the 818. She actually lives in the 805 area code, but maybe she moved. I don't know. Apparently, folks, uh, the folks at InStyle Magazine think that Kendall Jenner's dive into another company that happens to be from Mexico is racist. So let me read InStyle Magazine's. The first paragraph is actually cut off from the other paragraphs, but let's just read what they say. The allegations of appropriation boil down to tequila's main ingredient, agave, and that its importance extends well beyond booze in Mexican culture. People outside of Mexico, quote, people outside of Mexico don't know how embedded tequila and the, the agave is in their culture, says Assis, whoever that is, referencing the centuries-old uses of agave in foods and drinks dating back to the ancient Mayans. Now, this is C's character. I, I'm not going to give him any. He's actually a bartender and tequila expert. So they're really reaching for the stars when it comes to uh, when it comes to resources in this post by InStyle, and that's partly why I'm I'm reading it. Quote: And when you come from the outside with only the intention to make money off this thing that's so important without any regard or any real knowledge or any respect of that cult to that culture it's cultural appropriation well here, here's the whole thing my refrigerator's from china and i'm pretty sure i don't know anything about it am i culturally appropriating chinese the chinese because i have a chinese refrigerator well that's the whole thing and we're going to get we'll we'll get i i i'm i'm going to continue reading cuz this is just so dumb so a few paragraphs down, this is what happens. While we can't know Jenner's intentions, a lack of knowledge is visible not just in her cringe-inducing sip of tequila on the rocks, a no-no according to many tequila experts, uh, 
by the way, when when did it become illegal to put tequila in ice in a she had a she had it in a Manhattan glass with ice and she was sipping it. Maybe she wanted she likes her tequila cold. I know someone who puts freaking ice cubes in her beer. Anyway, continuing. Or her extremely vague commentary while doing the tasting. Quote, strong, end quote, is not a real taste, quote, tasting note in a tequila, end quote, says Assis. It's also right that there, it's also right there in the branding. Quote, it's not Blanco tequila, end quote, adds Assis, referring to the 818 bottle labels. Quote, it's tequila Blanco, end quote. She just misspelled the Spanish. They all say Reposado tequila. Anejo tequila. Tequila is the first word. And then it's Blanco. This is a simple Spanish grammar you'll see on everything from Jose Cuero, Cuervo to Espolón bottles you might have in your bar at this very moment. Really? So, you know, I... Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this now, and I'm probably going to mention it at the end of this article. You know, Mr. Assis, go buy your own freaking tequila company. She bought it, and she wants to put freaking Blanco tequila. Yes, it sounds stupid, but let her do whatever she wants. And by the way, you know what will tell you whether what she did was wrong? People buy it or people don't buy it. And if the tequila tastes good... It could say urine. It could say something about urine on the diet, and they won't care because the tequila tastes good. So stupid. Okay, continuing. That screamed to us tequila people that she didn't really know what she was talking about. He notes, but is it any good? That's the big question. This is not to say that all tequila makers must be Mexican. No, that's exactly what he's saying. Assis notes, it's possible to gain an understanding and respect of culture as an outsider, too, and the brands that do the best to showcase the people actually making the product. And again, this bozo should get out from behind the bar handing out tequila and actually buy his own tequila company, and he can embrace the culture all he freaking wants. I don't give a damn. I'm going to buy 818 tequila just to see if it tastes any... Do you realize these people don't understand? They make a controversy out of nothing, and then I first thing I say is, well, I don't normally drink tequila, but but screw it. I'll, I'll buy a, a bottle of 818, see if it's any good. And then I'll sit there and write a, a message on this board and say, um, the tequila is actually pretty good. She doesn't need to understand the culture to understand good tequila versus bad tequila. Sorry. She doesn't have to be Mexican to understand... Good agave versus bad agave. Or gold tequila versus white tequila. We already know that I like math. Perfection, object, math, perfection, and objectivity. So we already know that I'm a white supremacist. So let's, let's, let's just begin to understand that I'm a white supremacist. I accept that. But I culturally appropriate all the freaking time. You know why? You know why? Because some of those cultures have some really bitchin' stuff. I mean, tacos, burritos, sushi, miso soup, chow mein, tequila, Corona, Tecate, Modelo. I like all that stuff. 
Can I not drink it anymore because I'm culturally appropriating? I also have a I also have a um a, a soccer jersey from Germany, a German soccer jersey. I'm not German. I also have a Canadian hockey jersey, Canadian nat from the Canadian national team. I'm not Canadian. I have a Serape, which is like those ponchos you see that has the Los Angeles Dodgers emblem on it. Again, my fridge is from China. Am I freaking culturally appropriating? I don't think so either. And by the way, I did get the Serape from a, my Mexican cousin. So yeah, that counts. I guess that's not really culturally, appro culturally appropriating. The Dodgers are culturally appropriating by putting a Dodger tag on a blue and blue, silver and white, like whatever. I you you know what I mean, okay? I culturally appropriate, and I culturally appropriate because that's the good stuff from that culture. I don't need to know the culture. I don't need to know the language. I like sushi. I don't need to know how low to bow or any of that crap that they do over there. I don't need to speak Japanese. So, you know what? I culture you should culturally appropriate too. And you should be good with it. And when someone tells you when you order that Takate at the bar, you should sit back and say and and they say you're culturally appropriating their culture you should sit there and say yes i am thank you very much go pay for my beer okay the last story um is actually pretty well i i, I was going to do a lot of quotes again but i'm running really late so i'm not going to do that uh a bunch of english teachers are trying to cancel out william shakespeare now, I'm not a huge... I, this gal, Amanda McGregor, who's an English teacher, uh, I don't know from where, uh, she said, quote, Shakespeare's works are full of problematic, outdated ideas with plenty of misogyny, racism, homophobia, classism, anti-Semiticism, anti and misogynoir. I don't know what that means. I guess that's just... Here, here's the whole thing. Um, if you read... William Shakespeare. I, I'm not a fan of William Shakespeare, and I'll, t I'll tell you why. I'm not a fan of William Shakespeare because I think his stories are just so out there that I, I really have an issue. That doesn't mean I don't like all of William Shakespeare. I like Othello. I like Macbeth. I like Hamlet. I like um, uh, Romeo and Juliet, which are the four main ones. I've read all of Shakespeare. I've read all of his works. I don't like his sonnets. I, there are a lot of things I don't like about Shakespeare, but one of the things I do like, I do like his plays. I think his plays are very good. Um, and one of the reasons I like about Shakespeare is he talks about the human condition. That's what I really... Hamlet is a prime example of that. I, well, Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet and Othello are... Macbeth, I, they, they all are like that. He talks about the human condition. Macbeth is about cowardice. Um... Um, uh, Romeo and Juliet is about love and what they will do for love and things like that. It's about the human condition. And that's what's really good about, that's what's really good about uh, Shakespeare. I don't particularly care for his writing. I don't compare for how he structures things. 
I do like the fact that he does not have boundary boundaries in his writing. And I enjoy that in a lot of writing where, you know, you're here one second and then 45 seconds later, you're, you know, 3000 miles away. And there, there are about Shakespeare doesn't have boundaries in his writing. That's what makes it hard for me to understand a lot of this stuff because they can get kind of confusing. But Shakespeare is actually about as close to perfect literature as you can actually get. It's Shakespeare is something you can use to learn how to write. It is very good in that sense. And that's what I like about it. But these people, you are not there to read about homophobia, racism, classism, anti-Semitism, <laughs> Semiticism and misogyny. That's not what it's about. And you got to remember, this stuff was written in the 15 and 1600s. So this is not stuff where, you know, wokeism was not there. It's a sh This is about, and this is nothing to do with misogyny, racism, homophobia, classism, and anti-Semiticism. Anti this has to do with the ending of Western civilization. Let's kill Western civilization. They're doing it with our philosophy, which is a mix of reason and religion. They're doing it with our history. They're, they're tearing down our, our statues. There's historical revi uh, revisionism. They're doing it with our culture. They're doing it with our accomplishments. Western civilization was the greatest thing that touched the Western world. Europe lost it. The American Revolution made it grow. Europe had a chance at it, and they effed it up. So, I got news for you. If your daughter says, if you ask your daughter, walk up to your daughter now, she's whatever age, she can be 13, 14, ask her, who is William Shakespeare? And if she can't answer, get her a frickin' book and make sure she reads this. Because here's the problem. Our kids do not know who these people are because they... Because these woke, I, Amanda McGregor, pretty sure she's some woke white Karen out there that just looks for any reason to hate something. Okay, so you can follow me on Parlor at dumbasses at dumbasses talking politics. You can follow me on Twitter at Runnin' Fool R U N N I N F E W L. You can follow. You can download or listen to this podcast on. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube, and da -da -da, da -da 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 -da. you could also listen to it on Rumble, which is rumble.com. Just search for at Dumbasses Talking Politics. It'll be there. Uh, because I'm on Rumble, I'm probably going to start making videos very soon. I'm I'm actually trying to figure it out. That's why I'm doing this so late. I was trying to, I was going to actually do this on video. Uh, you can visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Have a great night. We'll talk about some bad things tomorrow. Take care. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.